0: Welcome to Your Wellness MD Podcast. This is where family physician and wellness expert, Dr. Daniela Stein and her life coach sister, JB, share holistic solutions for your everyday health and wellness challenges. We explore the connection between a healthy body, mind, and soul, and share tips that will enable you to thrive. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Good day. This is JB, ready for our next podcast. And my sister. Hi, from Dr. Daniela Stein. I'm really excited to be with you today. We're going to chat about something that we all have to go through, and that is dealing with disappointment. We can't escape it. It's part of life. And not only do we need to deal with disappointment, we also have to support others through it, be it our children, spouses, friends, colleagues. Disappointment is part of life. And... We all deal with it differently that it will happen to us.
2: As a family physician, I quite often see patients who go through significant disappointment. And, you know, working now through this COVID pandemic on the front lines, I've journeyed with so many patients through their hardships, and I've seen so many different challenges patients face inside the hospital, battling with illness, you know, not being allowed any visitors, and these types of illness battles I've gotten used to over my career, but now suddenly I saw how my patients had to fight disappointments outside. You know, birthday parties got canceled, graduation ceremonies, weddings got canceled.
1: You know, and and today I want to be sure that we don't minimize anyone's disappointment. Yeah, there are people in Afghanistan who are really disappointed about things, but then I might just have my birthday party canceled. And that's really disappointing to me. That doesn't mean that my disappointment is invalid. That is big to me in my world. So we want to be really open and patient in terms of giving everyone the space to feel their own disappointment and deal with it in their own way.
2: But you know what? I, I often feel people don't give that space to themselves. So I would often ask my patients, you know, how are you dealing with a significant disappointment? You know, say, for example, I have a patient that has a significant illness that we d- I diagnose this patient with. And it, it honestly feels to me since this pandemic started that patients would be so quick to say, oh no, but it's not so bad. Other people have it worse. Or maybe I'm just becoming more aware of it you know, how my patients do deal with disappointment, but I honestly feel as if since this pandemic, my patients have been reluctant to acknowledge the severity of what they're going through, quickly pointing, you know, to people that has it worse. Same happened to us at my hospital within our physician group. We've been working so hard through COVID, but we would be quick to say, oh, but at least it's not as bad as our hospital. You know, initially with this pandemic, things were quite bad in in Italy. Then we would say oh things are bad yeah we don't have enough ppe but at least it's not as bad as in italy then new york went through that period last year where things were very bad there and we'd say oh it's bad but at least it's not as bad and then at a certain point i my hospital is outside of toronto and we have our neighbor hospitals in inner city toronto had worse COVID cases so it's kind of cohesively as a hospital we, we never sat down and said, this is very hard, what we're going through. We always just say, oh, but the people next door has it harder. And they do have it harder. They definitely ha- had it much harder than we had. And not just collectively as physicians, say, for example, I can think about a patient who I had and I I, I blocked my afternoon off because um, she had recurrent cancer, which I diagnosed, which was quite a big shock. She We felt she was cancer-free. I went to her her hospital room, sat down with her to understand how she's dealing with it and how we can talk through it. And she would say, oh no, other people has it worse. I'm good, you know. But her diagnosis is still devastating. You know, it's a life-changing event to her in her life. It's her world that's turning upside down. Or or specifically during COVID, some of my patients are taking the longest time to recover really impairing their quality of life. And they would often say, oh, but I shouldn't complain. You know, other people died or other people are still in ICU. At least I'm out of ICU. And it's true. There'll always be people of worse than us, but but your disappointment is still a big deal. You know, saying that other people has worse doesn't really make it better for us. And life is full of disappointments. As you said, there's big ones, little ones. When When you drop an ice cream on the floor, it's a disappointment. The fact that you've survived worse things doesn't, doesn't minimize the fact that you don't have an ice cream anymore.
1: Now, I, I developed a way of dealing with disappointment. I three think, and that's through a lot of reading as well, I think there are three critical phases to dealing with disappointments. But before we get into those three critical phases, I know that you've had a big disappointment recently. And, you know, we're talking about matters of life and death. We're talking about people with life-threatening disease but many people in the world i maybe say most people in the world have things that are not life-threatening that happen to them and i do want us to discuss it you had this big disappointment about your triathlon race very very recently Uh. will you please share that with our listeners and just give a little bit background why it was such a big deal to you to contextualize it
2: okay so i do triathlons I love doing triathlons. So a triathlon is where you swim, and then after you swim, you bike, and then after, directly after the bike, you run, and it's all in one race. So I've been doing track and field since I was six years old, Jeanette, and you know, I remember you—you you always loved running, and you really inspired me. So you would get up first thing in the morning and go for a run, and and tag. We're four siblings, and Jeanette would tag all of us along, and then we really loved running. Cycling was a big part of how we got around. We would cycle to school and back, cycle to our all our extracurricular activities and yeah. swimming. We loved swimming. My dad is a phenomenal swimmer and he's actually built yeah. our own pool so that it's a, a very long pool where you can do proper swim laps. So we and Janiti, you're a big swimmer. So we that that's that's really something that I feel when I do triathlon, it kind of Reminds me of my childhood, things that I can do to just run free. I really enjoy it. So, of course, I gave everything I had. I, I first had to have a sit down with my husband. So, I'm a doctor. I work full time at a hospital. It means that I work long days. I, I work evenings. I often work through the night. We have three little children. I'm president and chair on the board of directors of the Oakville Senior Citizens Residence, and I serve on my hospital council. I, that year I even coached my daughter's soccer team. So my schedule was pretty full, you know, even before major triathlon. So I had to sit down with my husband and, and ask him, what does he think? Because my triathlon training would be predominantly hard on him, harder than on me. And my incredible, wonderful husband, you know, who also owns his, owned his own business at the time. He works full time and his plate was already full with our three kids and they're all participating and all different sports and activities, my husband graciously committed to supporting me to make my triathlon dream a reality. So it was August 2019 when I qualified for the world championships triathlon and I started training right away. I signed up with a coach, Cindy from Cindy Lewis pro team. Then the world championships of August 2010, it's when he got canceled It was so, so sad, but I didn't acknowledge it as a disappointment, you know, at the time because yet again, so many people had it worse. The Olympics got canceled, you know, people who earn an income through their sports had their events canceled. So I definitely didn't allow myself to mourn my loss. And everyone who knows me know, you know, I'm an eternal optimist. I can find a silver lining in the worst hurricane. So I just kept training. I was super excited to hear that the world championships that was canceled for 2020 will be hosted in Canada in 2021, this year in Edmonton. It was fantastic news. So I continued training for the next year. I trained even harder, full enthusiasm. I trained through the following winter. Then our 2021 race in Edmonton got canceled. They, they had a small race for some of the elite athletes who returned from the Tokyo Olympics race, but not for the age group athletes. You know, that's me. I'm in an older age group category. So then the best, best ever silver lining. Ironman got permission to host the Muskoka Ironman Triathlon this last weekend of August in 2021. So this was the only Ironman race that took place in Canada this year. And I know you guys in the States have Ironman races all the time, but yeah, our Canadian border has been closed the past 18 months. So we, we didn't have a way of participating in races in the states that was not an option for us alpine ticket Ironman race was canceled so i worked very very hard for this race i was so ready for this race and i i would at night when my family sitting around the campfire late at night i would go to bed early get early up in the morning you know train i was i was all in then the disappointment a couple of days before the race and the week before the race i got sick very sick and, you know, initially I was in a bit of denial. I thought, oh, maybe my nose is just stuffy from allergies or maybe I ate some dairy, which I usually don't. You know, perhaps I felt hot from being in the sun all day at the lake because we were kayaking and paddleboarding. I didn't even have a thermometer there, so I couldn't measure my temperature. You know, I was hoping maybe the hotness is sunstroke and the freezing maybe from the AC. I really prayed that this fever, congestion, body aches, you know, would just go away. And then Saturday morning, the day before the race, when I woke up, I was so tired. I would get out of breath from just walking. Sure. And this is this is the day before my big race. So the 70.3 Ironman, for our listeners, if they maybe don't know, it would be a two kilometers swim. That's 1.2 miles of swimming, 56 mile run and bike. So that's 90 kilometers of cycling. And 13 miles of running, 21 kilometers of running. You know, in here, I'm getting out of breath on walking. So I still suppress this fact, adamant that I will still compete. I work too hard. I'm going to compete, you know, and even I felt, even if I'm not in as good shape, I was determined to show up and give it my best, which is ignorant and unwise, but that's what my plan was. I really wanted to race. However, I, as a doctor, I, I knew that I had to test for COVID so that I didn't expose, you know, all my competitors, because these symptoms could very likely have been COVID. And then I couldn't book a COVID test in that small little town where I was racing. And it was the day before. And the first appointment for a COVID test I could get was Monday. But it's just so, so, so disappointing to have to withdraw from that race.
1: Yeah, no. I it's clear listening to you how excited you were to doing this triathlon that you could represent your country. I will try, ultimately, Ironman. We could represent your country and maybe win it. How did you deal with that disappointment?
2: Well, I didn't really deal with it. <laughs> you know, usually my my go to to deal with disappointment is to run, but I was too sick to run. <laughs> so- I couldn't run. And then my dearest parents-in-law actually came to watch me race. So they were here. So I had family, you know, staying over at my house. I was entertaining, cooking, cleaning. And then I started right away, you know, work, kids, you know, there's always things to do. So I, I think telling you now, you know, talking through this and Sharing this with our listeners, you know, is really giving me. It's actually helping me to process it because it's the first time that I'm. I'm really walking through everything that happened in this past two years. You know, it, it's it's helping me process it so that I can move forward.
1: You know, I'm going to share with you the three steps that I believe are critical to deal with disappointment effectively. Now, there are a lot of smaller components, things that you can do within each of these steps. But it's important to have all three as part of the process. And the first one is mourning, grieving. You know, it doesn't matter whether the disappointment is big or small. There is a place for mourning and being sad about it and, and feeling that loss. It mm-hmm. depends on the size of the disappointment, of course. You know, all disappointments are not going to be weeks. Some might be an hour, some might be a day, some might be five minutes. But I believe it's a really important part of the process of dealing with disappointment effectively to feel that loss, to grieve it, to mourn. And for that, you have to
2: acknowledge it, right? Because that's what we were saying in the beginning, you know, to say, oh, but it's not that bad. You, You kind of first have to say, but it is bad. This is bad to me.
1: Yeah, and you don't have to say that to everyone. You don't have to tell everyone when they ask you how your day is. No, it's actually bad because I'm warning this <laughs> disappointment. You know, I'm not proponing, a proponent of, of being focusing on your negative emotions all the time. But there is, yes, there is a critical need to acknowledge it to yourself. And there are different vehicles to leverage. And that can be journaling, speaking with somebody, whether it's a friend or a therapist or Mm. with your listeners, speaking with somebody can be important part of it and I'll make it practical. Last year, my husband and I went through a miscarriage and our hearts were broken about losing what we believe to be the fourth member of our little family. And I've learned the, the importance of all three of these steps. And it's really important not to skip a step, especially the first step of mourning. It's really critical for your physical, emotional and spiritual health to work to allow time to mourn it and they are they are literally physical you will know that as a doctor that downsides of not dealing oh yes with, with disappointment and different traumatic events whether they're big or small for example once we had the news we went to a coffee shop I had a big cappuccino after not drinking any coffee for a long time and we also went to a department store. I had to get something for my son. And then I bought this beautiful protea canvas to put in my house to remind me of the little girl, you know, the protea looked a little bit like embryo, you know, to me. So I pasted a picture of the sonar of the baby and I wrote her a poem in the back and that's still up in my house. And then I cried. I, I spent a day in bed. Now I also had to because the dnc only came a few days later so i really you know intense labor pains all of that the point is so I just, just maybe time.
2: explain to our listeners who maybe doesn't know what a dnc is a dnc is when if you do have a miscarriage where you have to go into the or and then your gynae would clean your uterus after so that there's no products of conception left after a miscarriage yeah and you know
1: strangely enough no one ever told me that could be sore not even my doctor uh, that, you know, that you can actually go start going through labor as your body tries mm-hmm. to, you know, get rid of what is um, mm-hmm. used to be human life and now not. and But the bottom line is those were well, just a couple of steps, things we did. But I dealt with it. Yeah, I'm still sad about it, but I'm not mourning it. I don't feel it's having a negative impact on my life because I've dealt with it mm-hmm. by mourning that. And I I remember how I grieved it. And then I think the really other second critical step in the process of dealing with this disappointment that's been proven many times over by many scientists over the years is the impact of gratitude. So Mm. within your process of dealing with disappointment, it's absolutely critical to ensure you practice gratitude. Now, depending on what your disappointment is, doesn't mean it needs to be the first thought. You know, you you can mourn first, grieve first, but within the process of dealing with this disappointment, it is important to get to the point of gratitude. And Mm. for us living in the Western part of the world, there's always something to find to be grateful for. A lot of things, because most of us are running water, most of us aren't being persecuted for our faith or opinions or political party. There are just a ton of things to be grateful for, but... That is a really critical component and being deliberate about that. You know, I've got this thing of saying thank you for three things in the morning. When I wake up, I already have a son. So in this example that I was just sharing about our miscarriage, I had a lot to focus on and say thank you for every day. And then there's a third critical component, which can be really hard depending on what your disappointment is. But I believe it's critical to you dealing with it, is having a goal, Mm. something else to look forward to, to put your energy against that gives you hope. And that can take many forms. But one of the ways that many people deal effectively with a lot of trauma, if you go and you look at what people did during wars or doing during wars and when there's a lot of hardship is helping others. So mm. that is that can be part of that goal, helping others. Now, it depends on what your disappointment is. But I, for example, I can deal with something else. I can share something else. Is uh, Sometimes these are not linear. I would say most of the time, this is not a linear process. So at uh, first I grieve, then I'm thankful, and then I need to find a goal. Now, yeah, you should ensure that you at least cover those three components of dealing with disappointment but mm. it's not always linear. gonna mention my divorce in my 20s yeah, that was probably the biggest disappointment of my life and I grieved for a long time you know I was it was about a year in after my divorce at some point my mom said to me that there's something wrong it's been a year and I mean she meant well of course. it's been a year. I should not still be this sad. About it. And my aunt that I was living, I just moved from Bloemfontein, small city to Johannesburg. At the time, was living with my aunt and her husband, and they both have been divorced. My aunt was like, You're still gonna be sad for years. It just that gave me that little bit of assurance. There's not something wrong with me. But the point is that grieving process took a really long time, Mm. but I definitely had that goal and hope. For me, I was busy with my MBA. And when I was probably, I would have easily stayed in bed for two or three weeks. I couldn't because Mm. I was the smack bang in the middle of it. I wanted to complete it to create a better life for myself. And I had to get up. I had to study. I didn't have a lot of time to sit around and becoming AOS test to do something totally outside of the plan I had for my life. And the reason I'm mentioning this example is that goal I had, I mean, I was forced in a way to continue with that goal, but that that gave me that hope and it gave me that structure to deal effectively with that disappointment. And so, your MBA
2: yeah. that you're referring to, so that's a master's in business. So, that's a, a degree that you did. Outside of your full time work. So you were working full time and then you were studying after hours to complete this master's in business.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So between 5 30 and 10 30, 11 at night, I don't have time to feel too sorry for myself.
2: And, <laughs> no, no. Um, binge, binge watching Netflix.
1: <laughs> so if there was definitely, there was actually, I think, my saving grace, to be honest, because uh, otherwise, I don't know what I would have done, but something crazy most likely. But But the point is, it was really super helpful to have a goal or something Mm. specific to hope for. And and I mentioned the example of volunteering, helping somebody else very deliberately, because if the pain is really severe, that is oftentimes the best cure, to have a goal that revolves around other people, helping other people. Mm. If you don't have children, there are many other opportunities to help other people. But I Mm. really wanted to share these three steps and once again it's not linear but it's critical to acknowledge and also for you going through that now Mm -hmm. it's critical to acknowledge that you need to just feel it the pain and the mourning and the loss of it yes and your disappointment and your loss is different compared to somebody else maybe lost a car or lost a job it's different for everyone but feeling that before you're jumping in trying to just create a new path for yourself. It's really important, but then as a really critical tool, practicing that gratitude along the Mm. way. It's, It's been proven over and over again, really yields fantastic results and looking for something that gives you hope. Some other goal, way to help others really help through disappointment.
2: And I actually do have a gratitude journal and I I know I teach my patients, you know, about making your gratitude list, having your gratitude journal, but that is something I neglected to do over the three weeks, summer holidays that we were away in. You know, with guests in our house now, I I haven't touched my journal, so I'll start there and then next goal. So I should maybe (laughs) set my eyes on another race to train for
1: Yeah, and, you know, whether it's spending time with the family or having this additional time with the family or just the beauty of being alive and not dying during this time of young, you know, young people who died because of just sudden complications, which is a hard thing to say because you don't want to think about worst-case scenario, but having that time with family and this past three weeks. But, yeah, so that that's my recommendation and a proven, tried and proven method doesn't make disappointment go away, but it's a way to deal with it and to teach our kids and those we love to also deal with it because it comes. That's part of life.
2: That's a big thing to have that wisdom, how to teach your kids to deal with disappointment. And and, and I know that's one of the things, early parenting things I learned is when we were kids, if you fall, people would just say, oh, it wasn't that bad, you know, and brush it off. And then I learned as a parent through all the parenting books that I read that you shouldn't tell that to your child that, oh, it's not that bad. Because then your child would think, oh, but I think my knee does hurt. But mom says it's not that bad, you know, to rather for a couple of minutes sit with your child and, and, and allow them to experience that hurt or disappointment rather than to brush it off that oh, it's not that bad.
1: So, Depending so. on the size of it, exactly. I mean, oh. you find you want to find the balance. You yes. know, we don't have to create a big issue out of everything, but when there is something to mourn or grieve to about. To allow yeah. them, yes, yeah. to experience that disappointment. Well, this is so I really enjoyed our conversation about ending with disappointment because that's just part of life. But ensuring that we allow ourselves a space to grieve and then be, being deliberate about finding things to be thankful for, grateful for, and finding a goal that gives us hope It's the way that's Thanks, JB.
2: Thanks. I really enjoyed this. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to share. Thank you to our listeners. If you enjoyed this podcast, please, or if you know about a friend who might enjoy it, please forward it. Please like and subscribe, leave your reviews. And we always love to hear from you. If you have any recommendations for new podcasts, what you want to hear about, what you want to learn about, send us a message. We really make effort
0: to respond to all our listeners. Thank you, Dr. D. See you later. Bye. Take care. Thanks for spending your time with your Wellness MD doc, Daniela and JB today. For more episodes, subscribe to our podcast. We would love to connect with you at info at wellnessmdhelp.com. And remember, you were created to thrive. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast.